welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing Season 46, Episode 3 of SNL, with host Issa Rae and musical guest Justin Bieber. I'm Katherine Coleman, and I'm joined this week by over-the-top Canadian stereotypes Steve Finn and John Murray. If you'd like to connect with any of us, you can do so at snlpodcast.com. Enjoy these selected highlights from this week's discussion. And if you'd like to watch our full-length ad-free sketch-by-sketch review, you can find it exclusively on Patreon and Subscribestar forward slash SNL Podcast. It's our supporters who make this show possible. And we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. All right, here we go. So this week saw more sketches and a real back half of the show for the first time this season mm-hmm. with uh, who I think proved to be a very capable first time host. So I'm really excited to get into it. But before we do, John, I think we have some patrons to thank. Yes, uh, we have a few new patrons and uh, some returning patrons as well. People that maybe took the summer off, but they're picking back up with the cast. And we're very happy to see familiar faces rejoin us uh, for season 46. So we'd like to. Uh, send our thanks to Ron Burgess of Atlanta, Georgia, by way of Rhode Island, Steve Gutterson from Parts Unknown, and Mary from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, to all of our patrons, new and old, thank you so very, very much for your support. It's really what keeps the lights on and makes this possible. And so uh, we're very happy when people come on board. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, before I give the mic back to you, Catherine, I just want to... Mm-hmm. Um, I want to pull in some listener feedback that I forgot to add to the notes last week. We had someone chime in via email, which doesn't happen often. So it, it went overlooked when I was kind of gathering everything up for the notes last week. But anyways, we, we got some feedback from Jamin K of the talking about the news in a satirical fashion, YouTube channel. And they say, I really like Jim Carrey, but I wasn't a huge fan of his Biden impression. The biggest aspect of Jim Carrey's comedy is how physical it is. Joe Biden is older and less energetic, so I feel Kerry isn't the best fit for Biden. I know it's only been one episode, but this Saturday didn't look too great. So obviously, you know, this was a couple weeks ago uh, that he was commenting on. We've now had three outings with Biden uh, or Kerry as Biden. So actually, it's probably a better time to sort of give our uh, report card, our our mid-election season report card on how Kerry is doing in the role of Biden. So, Steve, why don't you kick things off? What do you think? How's Jim Kerry performing for you? I think he's doing a lovely job. I I like his interpretation. I like his characterization of it. And as high energy as Jim Carrey can be, I don't think he's really going full force with Joe Biden. And this uh Jamin gentleman uh maybe you know he wants a more accurate Joe Biden. If you really want that low energy Joe Biden, you can just, you know, watch the town <laughs> hall itself. Cuz you know, I think this is a a reasonable departure from the real person. It's it's not a crime to add a little flourish to it, and I don't think they're really going over the top. I know Jim Carrey's getting a lot of uh, criticism out there. I do see that not everyone's on board with this. I'm on the boat that says it's it's a fine impression, and I uh, I'd like to see more. I'm not uh, I'm not giving up on my Jim. Okay, fair enough. What about you, Catherine? What's your hot take? Yeah, I mean, I I sort of agree with Steve. I think it's it's clearly an over the top impression. Uh, you know, it's a caricature of Biden. You know, it's it's the funnest, most entertaining form. Uh, and I haven't 
felt like he's gone too far with it. I mean, my critique would be more that less about the energy and more about it's a lot of Jim Carrey and less about a Biden impression. Mm-hmm. Um, but my biggest critique is that I just don't think they've figured out how to write for his impression sure. yet. Um, so I'm, I'm still, the jury's still out a little bit for me on Carrie's Biden. I'm not loving it and I'm not hating it. I'm just kind of waiting to see what they do, which I mean, yeah, we are three episodes in. So, <laughs> and I think we did get a little bit sharper of a, of a picture of that this week, but yeah, I'm intrigued to see, uh, what they continue to do with it. it uh, but I don't hate it. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, tepid, tepid review. Um, the biggest thing that I'm struggling with is I'm having trouble getting lost in the impression. Right. I'm finding too much of Carrie is shining through. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that doing, you know, an absurdly big caricature is necessarily a bad thing to do for any person you're trying to skewer. Um, but the contrast between Carrie and the real Biden is so stark and Carrie as a performer has so many mannerisms and, and so much Carrieisms that he cannot separate from his performance that it's very hard to see the Biden shining through. There are moments where he really captures mm-hmm. it. These little flashes of, of brilliance where he captures a look or captures a, a pose or just the, the cadence of Biden's delivery. It, it happens, but it's, mm-hmm. I find it's just getting lost in a whole lot of Jim Carrey noise. So I'm having trouble investing in it that way. But that said, it really comes down to what the expectation is and uh, whether we're getting comedic mileage out of it. Cause uh, impressions don't always have to be accurate to be funny. I think the problem with Jim Carrey is that when he was announced, everybody tried to wrap their heads around what would it look like? And so everybody's already stewed on this and developed their own idea of what would work for them. And that's a lot of baggage for Carrey to now have to step into. So I -hmm. think it might be a little harder for people to embrace it because it it was such a confounding idea of having him to come in and and play such a sedate character. Uh, You know, so that I think, you know, is probably maybe making people a little more sour on it. But generally speaking, I don't consider it a liability. I, I'm fine with it. I'm having fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's where we'll leave our feedback section. And I will turn the show back to you, Catherine, for a little bit of news. This is Doolin Town Halls. This is going to be exciting, George. I've given every audience member a glass of warm milk and a blanket. <laughs> now, who's ready to have some fun with facts and figures? So for the cold open, dueling debates pitted Biden and Trump against each other in another 12-minute cold open, (laughs) with cameos from Jim Carrey, Alec Baldwin, and inexplicably, Maya Rudolph. So, Steve, did you find this one uh, more inspired than our previous two? Well, it it certainly was fun and maybe uh, a good outing for those with short attention spans, because, you know, I'll give it to them for this. if you didn't like what was happening, all you had to do was wait a few seconds and they'd be moving on to something totally different. So I mm-hmm. think at the very least, there's a, a few things that everybody would enjoy uh, from all the elements that they threw, threw at us with this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes me get a little bit bored when a cold open is, uh, you know, just a back and forth in, in one location. Uh, maybe we should be thanking Trump for uh, refusing to do a debate with Biden because now we have two locations. We have the, the framing device of clicking back and forth. You're kind of uh, taking the point of view of a, of a, of a, of a viewer watching both as, as well as they can. And yes, it's a, uh, uh, 
basically a summary of how they felt. And I think they did that pretty well with the Bob Ross and the wrestling and, <laughs> and uh, all that was, you know, really fun. And I thought that a lot of uh, cast members got a chance to do something. It was very ensemble oriented, but my hat goes off to Kate for her performance. I thought she really had a great bite to it and you could really get a good laugh from the, the frustration of, of Savannah trying to basically just keep Trump honest. Uh, right. And I thought that was probably my favorite part was, was her just trying to, uh, you know, give uh, Trump her, his, uh, his physical, his, what do they call it? His prostate uh, exam, his prostate exam. That was a great line. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I was a fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The framing device here was really fun. I love that they took this angle with it. Cause I, I really wasn't sure what they were going to go with. Cause we had, we had two different town halls. We had um, Senate confirmation hearings. There was a, a lot of different things they could have done. And I was, I thought this was a pretty, a really good idea to pit them against each other. Um, and I think they had some very solid jokes. And I think they went to really fun places with it, with the WrestleMania and the Bob Ross. Um, and all that was really great. I just wish they would get there faster <laughs> and make it shorter. Um, 12 minutes is a long time. And I get that. Yes, you are setting up two different situations. It's going to be a long sketch just based on that alone. Um, but I think that there were there were plenty of beats in the middle that could have been taken out to to get us to the heightened, you know, more fun place a little quicker. Yeah, uh, I think this is the funnest cold open we've had this season, which hasn't been a super duper high bar. <laughs> but right. I, I think that... Uh, I think that this was less shaky than the other ones. And I think Definitely. that the, the um, static cuts, you know, like you said, that framing device, mm-hmm. that um, sort of putting it in the eyes of a, a viewer at home and giving them the opportunity to quickly get out of a situation before it stops being funny. I think that did help because you can mm-hmm. have a much more complicated cold open because you have people off screen doing new setups while you're, you know, while you're filming one aspect, someone else can be setting up. It's a lot better than just a debate stage where, you know, you're just kind of locked down to that. So this created a lot of options for bringing in lots of players to just have their, their quick little goof on what they saw, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, Ego being the, the lady in the background or, you know, Chloe being the enamored lady that just loves Trump's smile. Like they were able to cover a lot of ground, I think a little more efficiently. And I think that helped. Um, mm-hmm. I think this was the best use of Biden so far. I think that even though I don't think they have a particularly biting take on Biden, um, I think that they at least found some funny in kind of how doddering and meandering he can get in his answers and and how even the, you know, the people that are there to support him at his town hall, um, even they, you know, maybe check out halfway through the stories, you know, like there there was, there was some fun comments you made and it's nice that they went there. Um, I'm not going to say that this was, you know, like biting social satire. I I don't think SNL is really like caught their stride if they want to be a serious player in that regard, but I think it was amusing. So, I had some fun with it. Uh, like you said, uh, I think we could have done with a little bit less, but uh, I think they target 12 minutes for these cold opens. Like it seems like no matter what, if it's a political cold open, you're getting 12 minutes of something. <laughs> so it's like they format the rundown around the political sketch needing that much time. Uh, so it is what it is. Uh, you know, it, it was a, a grab bag and I think more of it worked than didn't work this week, which I yeah. think has to count as a, a win for me. Yep. That's definitely fair. I think it was the best of our three. And ultimately I had more fun than I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and big shout outs to the crew doing a lot of uh, quick changes and stuff like that, getting props in and out. Yeah, it was very Good competent. Job, it was very competent. Yep. 
for sure. Lots of room for errors that didn't happen. Yep, absolutely. All right. Let's move along into our next feature then. Uh, you, me, lawn, and a fat lasagna at 3 a.m., Michael. <laughs> There's no party. We all have to go to work, and we want everybody to be safe. But, but I want to dance, Michael. 80s cocaine wife Carla, who wants to know where the after party is. Uh, John, <laughs> how'd you feel about this new character? Oh, oh. Heidi continues to impress. Fully realized. You know, this... This, just like every boxer's girlfriend from every boxing movie ever, this makes so much sense to me. It's like maybe, um, maybe she caught up on the deuce or something over the summer. So it, this is taking a page right out of that or, you know, any of the broken women in a gangster movie or there's, there's, this is so, you just so immediately know what she's going for. And then they find all the tropes that you didn't know were part of that character until they spell it out for you. Like, you know, <laughs> right. let me give you a baby chain. Like that's all. <laughs> that is deliciously on point. And as always, when Heidi inhabits a character, she really just really invests in it and it pays off. It it wouldn't be half as funny if the person was being more of a cartoon of this character. The fact that she's almost, almost playing it like a dramatic role and just, just tweaking it just enough for it to be ridiculous that it lands so perfect with me. So. I always have to give the little asterisk that I will never be unbiased when it comes to the Gardner clan, but I think <laughs> Heidi was doing some stunning work on weekend update and it's been a while since she's been able to debut a new character and darn it all. If I wasn't ready for one. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll come in with a little bit of a hot take then. Uh, oh, we're going to, we're going to be split. <laughs> look, I'm sorry to the Gardner clan, mm. but actually I'm not because I think Heidi played this character brilliantly. I think Heidi was bringing a lot to it, and Heidi did a great job. I just wasn't sold on the character as a whole. Um, mm. Maybe it was something that I just wasn't getting. You know, maybe it's just not for me. You don't watch fine. enough like smutty seventies, yeah. you know, exploitation I mean, be, type of cinema. Yeah, that could be it. Um, I didn't, and by all means, I didn't hate this. You know, I had some fun with it for sure. Um, but I didn't feel like it was the the clearest of Heidi's characters. Um, mm. So. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Heidi fan. I love all of her other characters and um this one just didn't quite live up to the heights of those for me. Catherine, Sorry. you ignorant. I I'm not going to I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> these are these are not the times to be uh doing point counterpoint on our little SNL podcast. So, um ag- <laughs> agree I do to an disagree. Alt take where I love it. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh we are open to all opinions, but uh I can't help but feel like like you've cut me deep on this one. I thought we'd all be in so agreement sorry. that Heidi's brilliant and we love everything she does. And that's the only thing we can ever say. I do think Heidi's brilliant. Mm. <laughs> all right. She is. Uh, so what do you are, think? Steve? We are all, all, we're all agreeing <laughs> that Heidi's brilliant. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Now we can't say that Heidi invented the whole taking an archetype and concentrating it into a single character. We've had, Cecily doing the mm-hmm. love interest of a male centric comedy. We've had Melissa doing the, the teenager in an interrogation, uh, in a procedural drama. So this is something that's always been utilized as a device. Heidi just does it the best. She's, yeah. you know, it's that saying in business. You don't have to have an original idea. You know, you just have to do it really well. And Heidi has really. She's really made it 
her own thing for sure. Like with, uh, obviously we were talking about the boxer's girlfriend, uh, and, and now this, which is, is great. And John was correct that it's almost just played straight. Mm-hmm. The only reason that it's comedic is because when you watch these characters in movies, there's a little bit of inspired dialogue between the cliches. But when you just remove all that and mm-hmm. just put all those cliches <laughs> next to each other, yeah. then it's just you recognize them all. Uh, you realize that they've been there all along and you just didn't really put your finger on it. And that's the, the brilliance of it is mm-hmm. because you already know that that is a thing. But Heidi is just showing you that you knew that. Yeah, you're certainly right. She she has a very good way of pulling out those key details of these archetypes that we're familiar with. And she really does it brilliantly. Yeah. So maybe it just comes down to this character wasn't the the archetype she's playing into here isn't one that uh, I'm as familiar with. That might be that might be what I'm missing out on here. Yeah, well. Enough on that, let's keep going. For access to our full sketch-by-sketch review, head on over to Patreon or Subscribestar.com forward slash SNL podcast. That's the end of the rundown, so let's get into our overall ratings and thoughts. Uh, Let's see, John, what was your moment of the night? Oh, should have looked it up. You know what? My moment of the night is uh, Eric and Don Jr., Don Jr., um squirts some hand sanitizer um you see it coming he lingers on it right like he's just slowly contemplating can i get away with it he kind of looks coy and then you know does it and uh don jr's on him you just drink that dad said it was fine (laughs) buddy it's not there's something about alex moffat when he's doing physical comedy like that he's Mm -hmm. incredibly charming and he just has a way of just uh, just cocking his eye or doing something that um, just makes me grin. Uh, it's it's a subtle thing, but he is really really good. Mm-hmm. So that's my moment. Great. Um, I'm gonna give it to. I guess technically it's like three moments, but it's every time they said titty meat. <laughs> sure. That just really well, cracked me up. And that's an all drinking game. I gotta take a drink. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna put a a, a a titty meat counter at the bottom of this video. <laughs> You should. That would be hilarious. I I will. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just can, thought that. See if we can feed a village with them. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I um I thought it was really funny. You know what a what a great phrase. So that really tickled me. Steve, what was your moment? Mine was easy to miss because it happened during uh, a round of applause. Mm. Uh, I really liked Heidi's uh, uh, exiting line. In Weekend Update. Carly, everybody. Directed by David O. Russell. Directed by David O. Russell. Mm-hmm. That was just a really funny, uh, just a little, I don't know. I don't know if it's inside or you'd, you'd have to be familiar with his work to like, to appreciate it. I always love the little cappers they put on Weekend Update characters. Mm-hmm. Those are usually pretty fun. This one is specific. My husband didn't get it, but for those of us that did, it was a great little capper to throw on there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, John. What's your best sketch? I'm giving it to Heidi's 80s cocaine wife. I I think what she does is fantastic. I think that this is as strong a character as Boxer's girlfriend. I know that you weren't feeling quite as warm on it, um, but I think that it, it's a really rich thing to draw on. And maybe it's just because that's the kind of cinema that I've gravitated to over the years that I feel like, you know, I just, I could see instantly what they were grasping for. Um, but it was working for me. And I just thought that, her delivery on it was masterful. I just, she goes from, um, kind of like spazzy cocaine addled to like 
like remorseful and desperate, you know, at the, the turn of a glance. And there's just, well, there's some talent there. I, uh, I couldn't quite decide between the first kid's appearance and the eBay commercial. Mm. Um, and I'm still really on the fence. I think both of those were really great uh, sketches. I think I'll give it to eBay. I'll give it the slight edge on eBay, just on pure relatability and groundedness. You know, it was really fun. I, I was really enjoying that one. Steve, what's okay. your best sketch? I'm going to give it to uh, Bonjour High. Mm. <laughs> Not because I want to, you know, represent Canadian content, but there was just so many elements that made me laugh. You know, we had Shart's Cavern at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> that was great, yeah. Uh, Bowen Yang was a real treat in this. Uh, you know, his 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 uh, attention to getting a good accent that's, you know, specifically Quebec, because it's not just a French accent that most people would uh, imagine. It's not John Cleese on the top of, uh, you know, the tower in in Holy right. Grail. <laughs> it's, uh, general it's, direction. Uh, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. it's, um, it's, it's great to see that kind of uh, uh, accuracy in Canadian content. I think that's a solid choice. Let's move into MVP, John. I'm going with Heidi. I am. I, my, my qualifier. Sometimes it's the person that's ever present. Sometimes it's just the person that makes the play. I felt like this was a, a really strong character and I think that she delivered it great and I really enjoyed it. And so it was a highlight moment. And um, yeah, I just, I feel like that's a, that's a slam dunk. That's a home run. That's a touchdown. That's whatever it is that would qualify you for an MVP. Yeah. I, uh, this was a really balanced episode. You know, we mm. saw and heard from everybody, you know, no one in my opinion was just like ever present, you know, we didn't have much of that. So I had kind of a hard time picking the MVP and I kind of am split between Alex and Chris because I think they both had really great performances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to give it to Alex just because I think his Eric Trump gets better every single time yeah. and it, it wins for me every time. So props to Alex on you know, continuing to level up that character. Yeah, I can't argue Steve, with that. Steve, who's your MVP? I'd like to give it to Chloe. Mm-hmm. She was... A lot of fun in the cold open as the, uh, the horny undecided voter. <laughs> and she was a great addition to Don Jr. And Eric at the weekend update mm-hmm. desk. So I really loved the fresh, uh, voice that she was adding to things. And I think she made everything she was in a little bit better. Fair enough. Very good. Let's get into the big one on a scale of classic, great, decent, weak or train wreck. How would you rate this episode? Steve, let's have you go first. You know, it's it's a tough one because it was a little bit uneven. It wasn't uh, really going for it, uh, pulling out all the stops, so to speak. Some of the material was just okay. You know, uh, that pre-tape from Kyle, there was some fun to be had, but, you know, it could have been a little bit more entertaining, I felt. There was just a little, a uh, little bit of awkwardness throughout this episode. That's very interesting. Um, <laughs> I was sort of leaning between uh, decent and great. Um, I thought this was a much stronger episode than the first two, and I was having fun with most of the sketches. Um, I think you're right. There are definitely some moments in here that are pulling it back. Um, not everything was a win, and you know some of the things that weren't a win, kind of for me, were very much not a win. Um, 
so I'm I'm still not sure. I think I'm going to land on like a decent plus plus. Uh, it's it's very very close to being great, but not quite great. But that said, a very strong outing and definitely getting into the stride of the season now. Man, I don't I didn't think there was a whole lot that was misfiring on this episode. Uh, I'm never super hot on the political cold opens. You know, they're always a mixed bag. Seems at best, you know, I I get maybe five minutes of fun out of a twelve minute pre tape. So right. I'll I'll never assume that that's the best way they could open the show, but because they're so you know hung up on this tradition and they they've they've just heavily invested in that being their opener for what we got, I felt like this was the strongest of the three. So you know it, it at least you know gets some points. Um, the monologue I thought did its job. You know Issa Rae was surprisingly charming and capable as a host and uh, just likable in all of her roles. And then we had some fun fare, some Canadian tinged fare, just to you know up the ante a little bit. We had a solid weekend update. We had the Beebs, but you know, as much as I don't like the Beebs, I can't fault the actual music. And then we had a surprisingly well-rounded show that had a sufficient number of pieces and felt like it went out on a high note for a change. So I don't know. I, I think that true. this episode would go toe to toe with what we were seeing last season. And so I, you know, on a, on a COVID era scale, I think I got to give this one a great, I think this is our first grade of the mm-hmm. season. I was happy to see it. You know, you make a very convincing argument. So (laughs) good at it. Um, we had a, we had a really good cold open considering, you know, that it was long, but they had something to say. You know, it was the best Mm -hmm. of the three we've gotten. A very solid weekend update and a lot of really good fare. So maybe, maybe I'm willing to take that step into great with you. I'm going to push you over the line. Yeah, I think you are. Yes. All right. I'll take it. I'll take the win. <laughs> I just fell down to a train wreck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It all evens out. It all evens out. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks to Steve Finn and John Murray. And thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Carissa Eubank, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever better podcasts can be found. Your subscription helps us grow, and your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back in one week when SNL returns with freshly announced host Adele and musical guest Her. But until then, this has been episode number 118 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Catherine Coleman, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it.